0: Leah, (laughs) are you well? You think not with that theme on the board, you know? Well, if you're not well, by looking at that theme, I hope you will be well when I'm done. All right, so it is is quite a, a tough subject to preach on. Hell is real. Hell is real. I know you want to say, but let's talk about heaven is real. That that as well. But let me tell you first where you should not be going. Then I'll give you directions to where you should be going. All right? So hell is real. The Bible says it is real. It is scary when I read the Bible. It is scary when I read books of people who have had visions and dreams and people who have had uh, experiences of of going there as well in a vision or a dream. It is scary. It's a real place. It's going to be For eternity. That is the most scariest about that place as well. So when I speak to you this morning, my dear friend, I speak out of the the deepest love that I can find in my heart and deepest concern for you, not only for you as a lukewarm maybe believer or not a believer, those who are on fire for God, thank God. But let's not let the fire go out this year as we have said. And and please listen to the podcast of last week's sermon about Matthew 25 because it's a basis on which I'm building a lot of what we are saying this year as well. So if your oil is running out like this five virgins who weren't prepared, Please find oil. And you are responsible, no one else, to fill your lamp. So please keep your lamp going because it's serious business. You know what I find the times that we're living in, we're unfortunately living in a world where this generation, and it includes all of us that are sitting here this morning, is a generation um, filled with emotionally weak people. People who need everything watered down. Because it's offensive, including the truth. That's the kind of people we are. Everything is offensive. Don't offend this one. Don't tell them that this is not right. Don't tell them this is wrong. And so we can't tell people truth anymore. And you can't tell me and I can't tell you because it is offensive. I think it's because we have bred an emotionally weak bunch of people around us. That's a way to start a sermon. Now you're also encouraged, but this sermon is a tough one. Please be aware, my friend, as we go into the sermon this morning, that everything you do in this life, every inch you invest, every moment you have, everything that you are doing, is a, is, you will either face Jesus one day with a reward or a regret. That's how it's going to be. I'm talking about grace today in its best, the highest, most purest form. In what I'm saying to you today, this is the grace of God that he has shown us where not to go and given us the way where we should go. Listen to C.S. Lewis, a a well-known writer and speaker and, and, and somebody who I really respect. If you read history, you'll find that the Christian who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. That's worthwhile writing down. It will be on the website, but in audio form from this week so if you read history you'll find that the christians who did most for the present worlds were those who thought most of the next we're going somewhere and i hope we're going to the same place and i hope we're going to keep and fulfilling and doing everything that god has for us you see because whatever i receive from jesus i'm going to give an account from him. whatever god has given me i'm going to either get a reward or i'm going to regret how I spent my money, how I spent my time, how I raised my family, how I spent my life. Because it will cause me either to receive a reward from God or I will regret it one day. I borrow this from a, a preacher, Francis Chan, and let me show you this illustration. Let's pretend that this life is, this rope is your life. It is, Or, or it's eternity. It's eternity. And actually, this whole rope here illustrates how long eternity is going to be. It's just absolutely going to be forever. And you know how long forever is? Has anybody got an idea of how long forever is? you know how far it is to Durban? Well, that's not how far eternity is. All right? And my kids just say, oh, we're almost there. Oh, there. No we're not almost there. Eternity is not, is not never going to get there. It's just going to go on and on and on and on again. And you know, but, but let me tell you something about eternity. That in eternity is your life. It might even be smaller. Uh, I just couldn't put my finger on it. That in eternity is your life. So when eternity goes on and on and on, and this is your lifeline, then this is how long your life on this earth is going to be. Not how long, long your life, your life is actually going to be all of this. For eternity, you're going to live. But your bit on earth is only going to be that long. Are you with me? Now, why do you and I live like this is eternity? Why do you and I live like this? Everything is about the short part, the white part here on my rope. Why do you and I live like there might not even be an eternity for me? see, I invest my time, all my hours, I lose my children, I I lose them even to Satan, I I lose my family, I lose even my wife in the process, that to me is extremely serious. But listen, what is most serious is if I don't live like I am going to live for eternity, if I'm not preparing for eternity, my friend, and this is everything, then I'm going to lose this as well. And you know, we're going to spend this, you're not just going to go into oblivious, you're going to spend eternity in hell. That's what the Bible says. That's why it's so scary and that's why it's so necessary to preach these sermons every now and then to us. Because we've got to live and prepare like we are ready for this eternity. Because here you can make changes, but here you can't make changes. Here you have steps. Here you have progress. Here you have programs. Here you can go to a Bible school. You can have counseling. You can, you can repent of your stuff and you can, but, but here it's too late. And that's where we're all going. Tomorrow soon. It's like tomorrow. Some of us who are over 60, remember yesterday when we were 18? It's, it's like that, isn't it? So you know what? You know what we do? We go to school, we prepare ourselves, we, we, we uh, make big money here or some money so we can invest it during the, this part of our life so that we can really enjoy that part of our life. Can you see that part of your life? Right, It's it's amazing, isn't it? Forgetting that what I do here absolutely affects this part of my life. This part of my life. This part is the longest part. This part is where I'm going to be forever and ever and ever. No purgatory. No improvement steps. Nothing. This is going to be eternity. You see, Paul, has a similar kind of view. Paul says in Philippians chapter one, verse 21, and he goes and he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, then I'm a little bit confused about living in this body uh, because it will mean this is labor for me. Do I really wanna choose this? Do I really wanna stay here? I'm paraphrasing. He says, I don't know. He says, but I'm torn between the two. I desire though to be depart and be with Christ, which is a far better way. Are you prepared for this? Are you ready for this? Don't put it off another Sunday, another time, because let me tell you, I wrote down here and I wish that we would all say this, that I really don't care how long I live. What I really care about is how I live. Because I'm gonna gonna live long, guys, um, but I'm not gonna be around you all the time, but I'm gonna live for eternity. And how I live this part will definitely affect how I'm going to have or enjoy this part. So stop thinking that this is eternity when that is actually it. And you will never run out of it. That's how scary it is. No reverse gears once eternity happens. No, oops, uh, uh, let me redo this. Nothing like this. Then it's done. Eternity where you've lived for this part. You see, it is extremely difficult to rethink because most of us live only for now. We are selfish. We invest now. We put every effort in this little bit of our life. We are very selfish in what we are doing. And and it seems like this is it. This is not it. This is just a preparation for something fantastic, but we're not going there today. I want to remind you again, if you listen to the podcast last week, because... Remember the, the, the singer that I gave you as an illustration. True story then. We went to the banquet. He was the, the singer invited to sing, but he never RSVP'd. And when she got to that place where where she wanted to enter, she was shown away and shown into the the lift, the service lift and down to the parking lot because she never RSVP'd. Listen to my sermon last week, please guys, because it's important. You see, let me tell you, let me warn you again as we start today that, that RSVPing or missing an RSVP to a wedding is not really as bad as missing an RSVP to heaven's banquet. That's serious. That not doing that is going to affect the rest of your life. The rest of your life, which is eternal. Listen to what Jesus says. You see, I, I don't want to get to an escalator one day and the waiter says to me, parking ground, and I find out that's hell. Let me, let me, let me, let me tell you what Jesus says. For me, to live is Christ. Paul says that. I want to go on to the next step. John 14 verse 12:3 Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus says. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So our theme this month is prepare. Prepare. Jesus is busy preparing at this moment a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. And this is what is happening. Jesus is busy preparing a place for you. And he says, prepare. So if I go to the place where I have prepared a place for you, I want you to prepare your heart to receive the place. And that's what I do on a daily basis. He's busy preparing. I am also preparing. On a day-to-day basis, I come before the Lord. And you and I have got to say, sorry for the sins that I've committed. Sorry for my backsliding. Sorry for my coldness. Lord, I want to be ready and right with you. I want to prepare my heart every moment, every moment of the day. I want to put oil in my lamp. So that if you do come for me, I enter into this place that you are preparing for me at the moment. Why do we preach on hell, you may ask. What a way to start a year. Surely it would have been much better to start on something extremely positive. This for me sets the tone. It opens the door to a lot of things. You see, we preach on hell because if there's any unsaved people that you know, not only in church or outside this church, that they may come to know Christ. There's an urgency. We preach on hell because there are many of us in church that are lukewarm. Many of us in church that are lukewarm. We preach because it encourages, it should encourage most of us to walk more deeply with God. When you have an understanding of what hell is. And we preach on hell because it teaches us to live a life without compromise. Because those of us who compromise demonstrate that we're actually lukewarm it teaches us a healthy fear of God and for our eternal destiny I remember when Jared our son our middle child who's now 30 who, who went to school and he watched a video of somebody who had a vision and actually uh, it was almost like God took them to hell and showed them all the stuff there and he, and, he, and, he, and he was in tears he was shocked he, he, he hardly breathed for a week he was so scared and he went and he took that video to school and he showed it to some of his friends. And let me tell you, it had a similar effect to some of them. And he says, Dad, and he still speaks of that video. 13 years later. He says, that was a, a turnaround moment in my own life, Dad. It, it sheds light when we talk about how and who the devil is. The devil is not a playmate. He's not an old guy up in heaven that, that has got fire in his tail or something like that. When, when, I, when I talk about hell, it brings a level of repentance in my life when I start thinking about how, where I might be going. When we talk about hell, it fires up or lights up a fire in my heart for the lost. Because uh, lost people are not just going to die and and I don't know what's going to happen to them. I know exactly what's going to happen to them because the Bible tells me so. And if I don't continue in this walk with God and let my light shine continuously, that's where I will land up. It makes me realize when I speak about hell as well, how great a price Jesus paid for me. How much he really loves me that he has given me the directions to turn away from there and to get eternally into his presence. WGT Shedd said these words, The existing demoralization in society and politics is due mainly to a disbelief of the doctrine of endless punishment. I agree with him. You know, we're living in this society, don't punish your children. Don't, don't beat their bums because if and don't correct them, because if you correct them, you're going to break down their self-image and their self-image is going to be damaged and they're not going to achieve what you want them to achieve. Folks, if you're not beating your children's bottoms when they're sinning, you are going to be in trouble yourself when, you, when they are teenagers. And Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have rotten teenagers when you don't beat their bums when they are young. You know, this you can sit in the corner and tell you better, or, or let me give you a star on your head, it's from the pit of hell. The wooden spoon is from God. The Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. The rod is a genade, it's a stick stock. It's made to go, ah! And the next time you just take the rod, they go, I repent. Yeah. Uh, Again, sit in the corner, and I'm going to take a start. And I'm sorry if you do this, because I think it's ridiculous. So I'm going to tease you. I'm going to mock you. Uh, Sit in the corner there, and don't you do that. But I'm not going to, because the self-image of my child. Let me tell you, self-image is beaten into children. A positive one, a good one, a healthy one. The Bible says so, not me. So I'm going to hand you over to the SPCA, then do that. I think it's the SPCA, that's... You see, (laughs) the truth is, we are trained to fix our minds on being happy here. And we train our children like that as well. But forget that this is eternity. Please, repent of your ways today and buy a wooden spoon. Because it's, it's rife in our society. Nobody, including government today, is going to jail for doing wrong stuff. But you do that at your home as well. Nobody gets punished for wrong stuff. So don't point your finger to whoever's in government. It happens in your home as well. Okay, let's move on. It is a scary passage in the Bible, it's really a scary one. Matthew 7 13 to 14. Narrow is the gate somebody after the service said to me Rulof I always believe in the love of God and the grace of God and that um and she says I'm just reviewing my views on heaven and hell and I want you to review your views on heaven and hell but measured against the word of God because Jesus says you can can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate The highway to hell is broad. Isn't there a song that the rock and rollers used to sing about the highway to hell? It is broad. It is not a joke, actually. The gate is wide and many who are sent there go that way. No. Many who choose go that way. It is a choice. It is not the will of God to go to hell. It is your choice and my choice and our friends' choices. And then he says, but the gateway to life is very, very narrow. And the road is very difficult. How many of you have experienced that? It is very difficult to serve God and, and walk in holiness and walk closely with God and keep on filling my, my lamp with oil. It is not easy. But the gateway to life is narrow and the road is difficult. And here's the terrible part and only a few find it. I hope, I trust that all of us sitting here are part of the few that will find it this morning. You see, we don't want to hear about Hell. We don't want to talk about hell. We dismiss testimonies of people who have had visions of hell. We dismiss that it's going to be a place of eternal torment. We make jokes about it. And all of this we do just to erase the possibility in our minds that there is going to be a hell. So we make light of it. Let me tell you something. Demons are not naughty little angels. They're going to play with you when you go to hell one day and watch the sunset with you. Jesus drove out demons many times among the community that he was in. They were as real as they are today, and they are today as real as they were then. Is the devil, my dear friend, is, is a, the Bible says, a lion prowling around to see who he can scratch, bite, scare? No, it says to see who he can devour. Friat het jou heeltemal op, vir die Afrikaanse that's what the, so the devil is out to destroy. And here we think he's just this, this fire, this image with a fire in his tail. He is evil to the core and wants you with him because he's in rebellion against God. See, I've read testimonies of people who've had visions of heaven and hell, and they say similar things, eh? They say all the similar kind of stuff, and, and and one. But one of the things that have come through that have always shocked me when I read these books or testimonies, is what they say is this. Listen to me. They have seen and hell many church-going people who are there because they've continued in their sin. If you start feeling uncomfortable, I'm telling you, you've got to make out and make sure that that's not where you're going. Because that's normally what happens. People go irritated to irritate and come, don't speak about it. Like it. You know, I, I, I came here to be a built up. I, 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 I'm building you up. I'm pushing you in the right direction, all of us. And if you are going there, then fantastic, praise God. But then pull everybody with you. That's my aim, is to take many people, as many as I can. Because lukewarmness, my dear friend, is the most evil thing in the church today. Lukewarmness. Because your eyes are closed, your mind is closed, and you are at peace That you're okay when you're actually not okay. You see, the devil does everything to distract people from living for Jesus and turning towards him. Let me share some facts. I've done some research on this over many, many years. And what I'm saying to you is absolutely factual. All humans have a terminal disease. That terminal disease is called mortality. you hear what I'm saying? Mortality, in other words, we're all going to die. Okay, so my 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 research is deep and very real. At the current rate, the death rate, mortality rate among humans is hundred <laughs> percent. It's amazing, eh? All right, three every three uh, three people die every second. One hundred and eighty people every minute. Eleven thousand people every hour. And if the Bible is right about heaven and hell, then every day two hundred and fifty thousand people are either go to heaven to hell hell is populated 250,000 people and if Jesus is right and it's very narrow and very difficult then a small percentage of those are going to heaven that's the scary thing Septi that's what we've got to fight in this world. Not fill our stomachs, fill our houses, fill our riches, fill our bank accounts, but as take people with us away from hell, take them with us to heaven. That's what, You say, I don't believe in hell, you may say. Well, I'll tell you why you don't believe in hell. People don't believe in hell because they're afraid of it. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in God and that stuff. And, you know, Religious rubbish, my neighbor says, one of my neighbors and, and so on. Yes, you're right, because you're trying to push it away because it makes you accountable. It it demands a response. You also may not believe in hell because you actually don't know what the word of God says. Read it. There's more spoken about hell in the Bible than heaven because Jesus is trying to scare us away from it, I think, sometimes. I don't want you to go to this ugly place. And maybe you don't believe in it because you're just uncertain about your destiny. And I pray that that would change. And you would help others to change as well. Often people say to us, well, you Christians are narrow-minded. And you, you, because you're saying Jesus is the only way. Yes, we are narrow-minded because Jesus is the only way. So in that way, you're absolutely right. I am narrow-minded. The gate's narrow, I'm narrow-minded. If I'm going to have to fit in there, I'm going to have to take the right directions from the right person. It's like if I invite you to my house tonight. And I say, come and have a meal at my house. Those of you who haven't been to my house. And I say, just... Go down here, turn right, and my house is over there. How many of you are going to find it? None of you, except if you've been there. So, Pete, please don't tell people where I live because I don't have enough food for tonight, but we'll make a plan. So, so, so now, if I give you specific directions, and I say, go down Kelly Road, turn left into, what's that road? Go past the pick and pay in the dip. Turn left into Siar Swart, and then my house is number <laughs> somewhere there. I'm I'm just so scared you're gonna come and visit me. You know, so I'm not gonna give you my physical address. Alright. Number no, 84C SWAT drive. That's where my house is in a small little complex behind there. Okay, 61, if you want to come and visit, just bring stuff with. So now, so now, now I've given you specific directions. Katya, you'll find it. Because I said to you. Down here, left here, left again, 84 Seahawatt, 61 Varenza. You have no doubt. But now you've got a choice whether you're going to go all over the place and get lost and not get to my house. But I've given you very specific directions. God, by His grace, has invited you to a dinner, a banquet. And He says, Katya, I'm not going to leave you to your own to get there. My dear, I love you so much. And here's the grace of God. I love you more than words can say I, your, more than your imagination, more than anything, so much that I'm going to give you absolute specific directions. Don't miss it. There's only one way to my house. Get it? That's what Jesus is. That's why I'm narrow minded. Because there is no many ways. There is no do and live like you want to and get there. It's narrow, it is specific. You see, he actually says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You see, when you go in the streets, and if you go with me, we can test this. We have a little clipboard, and we look very like, not Jehovah Witnesses, but like government officials. We dress with ANC stuff, and we say, we're just doing a survey. And what we want to know is, do you think you're going to go to heaven? You know? And they'll all say, yes, I am. That's people's perception. But that's the lie and the deception. You see, the road is narrow. Not everybody is going to get there. But, and you should be a little bit worried. The kind of fear of God should be in your life. Because it's an awful place to go to. You see, Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 says this. It says, your eyes are too holy to look at evil. And you cannot stand the sight of people doing wrong. That's what the Bible says. So God is pleading with us. To repent from our sin as well. Don't dilute this. Don't joke about this. Don't don't not talk about heaven and hell. But don't go and stand on a 44 gallon drum and say, Oh, if you're gonna go to hell tomorrow. That's also not gonna work. But be honest that there's only two choices here. That's what I tell my friends. There's only two choices Christ follower or Satan follower I'm not a Satan follower. Well, then you must be a Christ follower. I'm not a Christ follower either. Well, then you're Satan. And then the conversation ends there. It's a nice way to end the conversation. See, we've got to take the entire word, not just parts of it. Grace, 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 love, love, love. There's judgment coming. It's serious stuff. It's judgment for believers as well. I don't have to please those in my society. I've got to please God. All right? See, hell is real. Tell people about it. Jason Mason, I think his parents played with his name, Jason Mason, said this the reason why so many fall into hell is because so few think of it. It's quite a statement, isn't it? The reason why so many people fall into hell is because so few think of it. You see, you will never know his love. And we all just want to preach the love of God. Go to people and some people say, just tell them God loves them. God loves them. God loves them. Yes, God loves you so much that he wants to save you from going to hell. That's how much he loves you. Not God just loves you, God loves you, God loves you. You will never know the love of God until you know what he has saved you from. Then you will know his love. Have you ever been rescued from a dangerous situation? You'll never go, "Wow." It's amazing if you were blindfolded. If you go in a dangerous situation with a blindfold on and people say, I rescued you from falling off a cliff, you say, oh, that's, that's great. Uh, Thank you very much. You know, do you want a Coke? But if your eyes were open and you were almost falling over that and a guy comes and he plucks you away there and he says, I, and you say, I'll tell you, you've rescued me. You won't even, he won't have a chance to tell you I rescued you from almost, you'll tell him, you'll be so grateful. Let me go on to another quote or two. Let me just go there a little bit back quickly again. So many people feel bad uh, sharing the truth with other people. So bad that, that our neighbors don't accept, our family don't accept Christ because we don't tell them the truth. See, as Lewis said this, the safest road to hell is the gradual, the, 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 the gradual one. That's the safest route, you don't make no waves. Gentle, slow, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts, it's the safest way to go. Don't warn them, don't upset them, don't tell them the truth, don't shake them, just let them go, just let them go there, don't warn them. Yes, I want my kids a million times, my mommy said that to me every time I wanted to go out and I did go out and I would go out and come back at night and i knock on the door and she would stand and say, I, I prayed for you. The worst thing a parent can say to his, his rebellious teenager, I prayed for you. I said, mom, that's why I couldn't sin. I so desperately wanted to. That's why I couldn't sin. Let me go. She said, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. She told me where I was going without Jesus. Oh, over and over. My dad too, in a very gentle way, would tell me, you're going to hell, my boy. Ah, dad, that's a I'm a church guy. I go to church with you. I've got a suit. I ring that bell. You're going to hell, my boy, because you don't live it. Hey, the parents can be so hard. Spurgeon, great theologian. If we think lightly of hell, we will also think lightly of the cross. True. If you think lightly of hell, you'll also think lightly of the cross. Folks, please listen to me. When people say this to you, slap them as hard as you can, preferably knock them out. When they say, I will wait until I get to the other side to see. Ooh. Buy a shambok. Something. Knock this out of them. Or I'll crush my fingers and hope to make it. How many times have people said that to me and I feel like I will rugby tackle you? I will I wanna put you in a WW, whatsoever T, what that does and let but let them genuinely fall on you. Not this fake stuff. Let them genuinely break your leg because this is the worst thing to say. Ah, let me see if I'm gonna make it. Cross my fingers, hope to die kind of thing. No. We can know it, we know it now. Whether we are right with God. It is of paramount importance that you make sure that you are right with God. Every moment of your day. There'll be a whispering voice, if you're not right with God, even in your heart this morning. He says, don't worry. Don't worry. Have lunch after this. It'll be better. He's not in a good mood. Study 34 years of marriage. I've touched him. You know? Just Later. Leave it for later. Let me tell you, that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the devil because the voice of God is this. Hear what God says. When the time has come for me to show you favor, I heard you. When the day arrived for me to save you, I helped you. Listen, the hour to receive God's favor, today is the day to be saved. Stop putting it off. Tell your neighbors this. Today is the day to be saved. Joshua spoke to the nation and he said this to them in chapter 24 and in verse 15, he says, if you're not willing to serve him, decide today then who you're going to serve. And this is my challenge today to you. If anybody, and I hope that we all, I'm preaching maybe more to the converted here this morning. I know that, but I want you to see the seriousness of heaven and hell. He said, shouldn't we really just preach more on heaven? Jesus spoke more on it, so I'm going to speak on it. There's a serious matter here. You see, choose whom you will serve that I'm going to serve God. That's what Joshua said. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me tell you something that hell is heaven's awful alternative. It's an awful place to go to. It's never going to end. Because whatever you invested here is going to affect you just the rest of eternity. Because in fact, we're never going to die which is going to pass on to eternity and forever be in heaven or in hell. Man, that's, that, that shakes me to my core. Every now and then I think of hell and I say, God, please, if there's anything I haven't said or done, or please, please, I don't want to go and populate it he- because heaven is going to be populated with people who've refused to accept Christ. We've heard it. But excuse, Revelations 20, to, uh, 20, verse 12 to 15 says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. Books were opened. And then another book was opened, the book of the living. The book of the dead, the book of the living. The dead were judged according to what they've done. And the records of the books. The sea gave up its dead. And the dead of the world, the dead also. Can you hear what he's saying? He you are spiritually dead. Isn't that what the Bible says? So the dead on this side. it says, and all were judged according to what they had done. And death and the world of the dead were thrown into the lake of fire. Those who did not have their names written in the book of life were thrown in the lake of fire. Oh, God help us to be absolutely passionate about sharing the love of God, which is I'm gonna tell you how to get to the banquet. Follow Jesus, follow him with all your heart. So the question is maybe in your mind, Why would God then want to send people to hell? Let me repeat it, and I've said it a few times. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. But it's our choice. Choose today, Joshua said. Choose who you will serve. God doesn't make you go there. God doesn't want you to go there. In fact, this is what he wants. He says, it is my will. I want to that all be saved. That's his will. That's what he wants, that all will be saved. Therefore, as in Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13 that I read the other day, please, as it ended in verse 13, keep watch, be ready, keep on going, keep on filling your lamp with oil, keep on burning for Christ, keep on living it. Be prepared, my dear friends, because hell is real.